You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston, I live in New York City, and I'm your host. In today's episode, I will make a couple of announcements about the podcast and a new offering that I am about to release. Then I will return to a concept that I introduced earlier in the season, which is an internal family systems therapy informed way of looking at the court cards. And I will take you on a deep dive of how to apply this way of looking at the court cards to the four page cards of the tarot deck. I will spend some time looking at the pages as an archetype, and then look at each of the four pages as an inner child that lives within each of us. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Root Lock Radio. So welcome everyone. First, I want to let you know a couple of things. And the first is that next week will be the final episode of season two of the podcast. And then I'll be going on a hiatus for probably a few months to work on some other things and get season three ready for you. So for episode 10, which will be the final episode of season two, again, out next week. I plan to tie together some of the concepts that have run through the episodes of season two, and then to answer listener questions. So please send me your questions, any tarot-related questions I would love to answer on the air. So to do that, you can submit a contact form on the Rootlock Tarot website. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can uh, DM me on Instagram at Rootlock Tarot, or you can email me at rootlocktarot at gmail.com. I welcome any and all questions. And I'm also on the verge of releasing the Rootlock Tarot Book of Spreads. And I'm super proud of this book. It consists of 33 original spreads designed by me. There's one spread for each astrological sign. There's new moon, full moon, mercury retrograde spreads. There are spreads inspired by the tarot itself and different aspects and systems within the tarot. And then there's what I'm calling metaphorical imagery spreads, and these ones I'm super proud of. You may already be familiar with the rose spread, which I introduced last season. I've gotten a lot of great feedback on that, and people have told me that they really love that particular spread. So drawing on that, I created the forest spread, the swamp spread, a spread inspired by a trail that you use to climb this mountain near my hometown in Colorado, and a lot of other ones. So I'm really excited to share this book. It is pretty much completed. We're just putting some final finishing touches on it. Um, So hopefully I will be announcing that it is ready to buy and download in next week's episode. Stay tuned for that. 
So in today's episode, I'm going to be referencing some things that I've talked about earlier in the season, specifically in episodes two, three, and five. And in particular, I am going to be talking about the page cards. And this is in response to people telling me that the page cards are particularly confusing to them, even beyond the already confusing aspects of the core cards. Now, if you haven't already, I would definitely recommend listening to Season 2, Episode 3 before listening to this, because in that episode I introduce a way of working with the court cards that I'm going to draw on a lot in this episode. So the pages. Well, the court cards are confusing, right, due to that lack of a clear narrative and some difficulty differentiating between them because they all kind of look pretty similar. But they're also confusing because of their complexity compared to some other cards in the deck. They are not simple to read because they're not so simple. And in an attempt to simplify, a lot of times people read the chord cards in a really literal way. So they'll say things like, pages are young messengers, knights are men who come to the rescue, queens are powerful women, kings are powerful men. And some people also attribute an elemental energy to each figure of the court. But I find focusing on a literal interpretation of the archetype, such as pages or young messengers, and the elemental energy is, is quite limiting. So in tarot, I think a more inclusive, flexible, adaptable approach is always better. And so instead of looking at the archetype and the elemental energy in a really literal way, I instead look at the gender energy of each court figure, and there is some overlaps with the elements, but not so much a direct translation. And you may remember when I talked about busting the binary in tarot in an earlier episode this season, I did relate the gender energies to the elements, so that does come into play. So with the court cards, I instead try to focus on three specific things. And it's three different kind of types of energy that come up in each court card. The first is the age energy of the card. The second is the gender energy of the card, which is influenced by the element, for sure, of that suit. And then the focus of the card, which is also informed by the suit. So at some point in the future, I plan to apply these to all the court cards, but today I'm just looking at the pages. So how does it work to look at the age energy, gender energy, and focus of the pages? Well, overall, looking at the pages as a figure across all four suits, the age energy is youthful. And this means that they embody all of the things we associate with youth. In an Instagram story Q&A, someone asked me if this means that the pages are innocent and naive. And my response to this was yes and no. So the youthful energy of the pages does embody some innocence and naivete. However, there's also a wisdom to youth. And one way to think about this is just think about what it's like to spend time with kids and how they can remind you how difficult it can be to be present and in the moment when you're an adult. There's like a presence and mindfulness that comes so effortlessly with youth. And that's a type of wisdom that we're often trying to get back later. So that's something that's captured in the pages, is just that effortless 
presence, and mindfulness. Other positive qualities of youth are eagerness, a willingness to try things, open-mindedness, being in touch with instincts, creativity, and a lack of jadedness. And all those things are captured in the page as a archetype. However, there is also an innocent and naive quality, right? And the pages are, are, are inner children. They're at risk of being hurt, and sometimes they need to be protected or nurtured. So that's the age energy of the pages. The gender energy of the pages is neutral. The pages are youthful, and they're still exploring themselves and their world, and this includes their gender identity. So overall, I see the pages as neutral on the spectrum of gender energy. In youth, prior to puberty, gender identity is often both fluid and somewhat innate in a child. At least this is my observation. And you might see this differently, and that's okay. So when left to their own devices, I notice that children often naturally explore different ways of presenting their gender. So there is some fluidity there, right? That said, as you will recall from Season 2, Episode 5, we must also account for the fact that each element has a gender energy, too. And so in the page cards, this influences each of the four pages. So on the spectrum of gender, a page as an archetype is neutral. But in order from most feminine to most masculine pages, we have the cups, pentacles, wands, and swords. And so I think this rings true with children in the real world, too. Regardless of the assigned sex of a child at birth, whether, you know, when they're born they're considered male or female, children do often express some innate gender identity that may or may not align with that assigned sex. So whether that child is considered a boy or a girl when they're born, they do have often some innate gender identity that they express that seems like it's already there. But then there's also that fluidity, right? So to sum it up, the gender energy of the pages, the, the page as an archetype is a neutral gender energy, but each page does have an innate tendency towards a particular place on the gender spectrum, which doesn't really have anything to do with assigned sex. And we de determine from the element of the suit. And along with this, all of the pages are not as rigid in their gender identity or energy, but they're mostly fluid. So I hope that makes sense. And if it doesn't make too much sense, I think it'll make more sense as we work our way through the four pages in just a couple of minutes here. As far as the focus of the card, that's, you know, the third element that I look at when I'm, when I'm looking at each page. The pages are focused on learning, acquiring skills, and growth through trial and error, and also channeling their youthful energy into development. So the task of a page is to develop, just like a the task of a child is to develop. So you can think of a child who learns, right, and often learns through play. As an adult, play may seem like it's just for fun, but when you watch a child play, you can also see that that play is a way for the child to work towards the tasks of human development. So child development is captured very much in the page cards. And again, the focus of the cards is influenced by the element, elemental energy of the suit of that particular page, which means that each of the four pages learn, 
develop and play in different ways. And we will get to this again when we talk about all four pages. So again, the three things I look at when I'm looking at, at court cards is the age energy, the gender energy, and the focus of that card. And that differs for each archetype, so pages, knights, kings, and queens, but it also differs for each page within the four suits. One other thing I want to say before I get to each of them is I think it's also important to think about other cards in the deck that inform a particular court figure. So when we're looking at the pages, the cards that I think most closely link to that page archetype are the aces, the magician, and the fool. So let me explain. If you'll remember from season two, episode two, which is on the aces, the ace indicates that the energy of that suit is available to harness and channel into something tangible, but also that you have to take initiative to do that. So it's available, but you have to harness it. You have to do something about it. To me, the pages are modeling what this looks like. They have reached up and taken the symbol of the suit from the hand in the sky and are now working with that energy. And the image depicted on the card is sort of that moment of initiation. So each page card shows you what that initial moment looks like. The energy is received, channeled, or harnessed in that page card, but the story is just beginning. And their youthful curiosity leads them to take the energy offering and see what they can do with it. Since pages are young, and that means they're willing to try new things, we see how unhesitatingly they accept the offer of that ace energy. So in a way, the pages are also related to the magician. And that's because the magician is channeling energy into the human realm, right? And that's a similar task that the page has. That said, there is also a bit of a fool energy to the pages. Because again, the innocence and eagerness and youthfulness of the pages is very aligned with the fool. So the fool also captures that wisdom of youth, the unjadedness, the eagerness, the willingness to give something a try. And in reality, the fool and the magician are deeply connected, right? The, fool, the fool's potential is sparked in the magician, and together they create some sort of like big bang energy. One moment there is limitless potential, the next the potential is channeled into something specific, tangible, and real with that spark. So that's all a little bit abstract. What does this mean in practical terms? At their best, the pages are youthful and energized. They are curious, eager, and ready to learn. And they don't hesitate to embrace an opportunity to learn through play. They are also innocent and naive and susceptible to being hurt or taken advantage of. If you'd like to support Rootlock Radio, consider making a pledge to my Patreon page. A monthly donation of $5 or more will get you access to supplementary materials to future episodes, as well as a private online discussion forum. You can join that by going to patreon.com rootlockradio, or by following the link on my website. If you're new to the podcast or new to tarot, 
you may want to go back and listen to Season 1, which is Episodes 1 through 16. Those episodes provide a structured and comprehensive course in tarot. I've also just released a 48-page PDF companion guidebook to Season 1 that you can purchase for $20 and download on my website, rootlocktarot.com. Episode 3, I introduced a new way of thinking about the court cards, drawing on concepts from internal family systems therapy. I presented the court cards as parts of ourselves, and the concept that we all contain multitudes of parts, and when a court card shows up in a reading, it is asking us to pay attention to that part. So if the court card is upright, then we are invited to embody it. And if the court card is reversed, then we're being asked to nurture it. And from an internal family systems perspective, the pages are our inner children. So when you draw a page upright, you want to embrace that youthful energy. But when you draw a page reversed, you want to nurture this inner child part of yourself, as it is likely hurt or in some sort of reactive place. So let's look at each of the page cards, starting with the Page of Wands. So the Page of Wands is with the wand or fire energy, which is more masculine than feminine. So this page is sort of masculine leaning from the gender neutral place of the pages. On the card, they are really looking at the wand. There is a focus that is created by that youthful curiosity. We see these pyramids in the background embodying sort of optimism and ambition. We also see the color palette of orange and yellow with a blue sky, it's very sunny. This page really captures the unjadedness of youth. There is like a curiosity and an eagerness to try something new and do it right. And there is also an expectation that they can succeed. So when you look at the page of wands, you wanna think of a child who is just very naturally talented. It's like that child that can paint, sing, play the flute, and tap dance, right? That is the Page of Wands. This is what it looks like when you can harness that wand's energy without any jadedness, right? That youthful and unjaded energy is harnessing that wand's energy. And the archetype here is this talented and passionate child. This child's imagination is tuned into themselves, right? All children have imagination. But with this child, it's tuned into themselves, and they imagine themselves on great adventures and doing amazing things. So they might imagine themselves as famous athletes or pop stars or knights, and they play this out with their fantasies. So that is the type of child that the Page of Wands is. And upright, you're being invited to bring that part of yourself that resembles that child forward. Now, reversed, this passionate and confident and eager child is hurt. So what I like to think of with this is, think of the kid who just knew that they would get the lead in the school play. And maybe they even deserved it, right? But they didn't get it. Ouch. That is the Page of Wands reversed. And the invitation is to care for that part of yourself that resembles that hurt child, right? Talented, passionate, confident child receiving a blow that hurts. Now let's look at the Page of Cups. 
The cups or water energy is the most feminine. So this page is leaning quite feminine from the gender neutral place of the page. On the card, we see the page holding a cup with a little fish friend popping out. So this child is imaginative and that fish captures this child's ability to get immersed in make-believe. So you'll remember water is inward turning energy. It's meditative. And a lot of times when we draw a water suit card or the high priestess, we're being asked to kind of turn inward and meditate and reflect, right? But in childhood, this energy is manifested as creativity and make-believe and the kind of self-generated joy that comes from this. So this child might be a bit of a loner, but their world is filled with imaginary friends and scenarios, right? That little fish is maybe kind of an imaginary friend. You'll notice the background of this card is fairly plain. This page does not so much connect with the external environment as the creative environment of their imagination is where they're existing. This page really captures the imaginative nature of youth. However, there is some delicacy here too. And just as the hand on the Ace of Cups is working with a delicate balance, this child is pretty sensitive and liable to be offset as well. So the archetype here is the imaginative and sensitive child. In Upright, you are being invited to bring that part of yourself that resembles that child forward. If you draw it reversed, however, then what's happening is this delicate, sensitive, and imaginative child is hurt. So think of like a loner child crying alone in the corner, or a child whose imagination creates monsters under the bed or in the closet. That is the page of cups reversed, and the invitation is to care for that part of yourself that resembles that hurt and frightened and sensitive child. So how about the page of pentacles? Well, pentacles, or earth energy, is more feminine than masculine. And so this page is feminine-leaning from the gender-neutral place of the page. And on the card, we see the page is holding up and admiring this pentacle, as if they understand the inherent value of that pentacle by their very nature. So this is a child has a long-term view of things and isn't impulsive like a lot of children are, but really enjoys taking their time. You see this child is on a rather pastoral landscape on the card, and they are quite comfortable being here. So this child enjoys physical play, like rolling down hills and climbing trees, and being outdoors. And this child also is the one who would gladly help you in the garden. They're naturally active, but not with the same competitive nature as the Page of Wands. They also kind of love to lay in the grass and look up at the clouds or take in the scenery. Because this child's imagination is outward and tuned into nature and their surroundings. So the archetype here is kind of the physical and tactile child who really likes to be outdoors. When you draw this card reversed, however, the physical and outdoorsy child is pent up in some way and stifled. And it makes them sad. It makes them hurt. So you can think of the child who's stuck indoors on a rainy day or forced to do math homework when it's like a perfect spring day outside, that is the Page of Pentacles reversed. And when you draw it, the invitation is for you to nurture that part of yourself that resembles that stifled and pent-up child.
and then the Page of Swords. We know the swords, or air energy, is the most masculine. And so this page is masculine-leaning from the gender-neutral place of the page. On the card, we see this page is wielding a sword and standing atop uh, an arid hill. And you might ask yourself, what is that child doing with that weapon and in that dangerous place? This is exactly the key to the Page of Swords. The Page of Swords is the precocious child who does not want to be seen as a child at all and does not really think like a child. They're smart, and sometimes it's a little scary, because they are the child who can outsmart the adults in the room and get exactly what they want. Whereas the other pages use their imaginative energy for more like fantasies, right? The Page of Wands fantasizes about being really successful or admired. The Page of Cups fantasizes about imaginary friends. The Page of Pentacles fantasizes about nature and the magic and wonder of that. But the Page of Swords doesn't use their imaginative energy towards fantasies. The Page of Swords channels that energy into real-world results, right? They're really practical. And sometimes they manipulate everyone, including the adults around them. So the archetype of the Page of Swords is the precocious and clever child. And when you draw it upright, you want to find that part of yourself and bring it forward. Reversed, though, the cognitive and intellectual energy of the Page of Swords clashes with the fact that they are a child. And when the card comes up reversed, that clash is brought to the fore. So think of a child who is as smart as any adult, feeling unseen for their skills and merits, and being sent to sit at the kids' table, or something like that. That hurts, right? They're not really feeling seen for being the precocious child that they are. And so the Page of Swords reversed is when you, when you draw it, the invitation is to nurture the part of yourself that resembles that overlooked and precocious child. And remember, because this child is so smart and likes to kind of manipulate the situation around them, they might get kind of nasty when they come up reversed, when they're hurt. They might try to really throw a fit or manipulate the situation in some way to get what they want. And they're doing that from a really reactive place. So your job when you draw this card reversed is to find that part of yourself and to soothe it. So that's how I see the four pages fitting into my internal family system's informed way of using the court cards. They are essentially our four inner children, and each of them is a particular archetype of a child that you may be familiar with. So simplified descriptions of these inner children would be the Page of Wands is that talented and passionate child. The Page of Cups is the imaginative and sensitive child. The Page of Pentacles is the tactile and nature-informed or nature-attuned child. And the Page of Swords is that clever and precocious and sometimes manipulative child. So when you draw that part card upright, again, you embrace that part of yourself. And you try to use the strengths of that archetype to guide you forward. But when you draw it reversed, you consider what it is like for that type of child to be hurt. And see if you can find the part of yourself that feels that way. And give it some love, attention, and nurturing. 
So I hope this helps make the concepts from episode three a little more clear by attaching them to a particular type of court card. And I hope that you find it interesting and applicable to your tarot practice, and that it gives you some new insights into how to deepen your relationship with the page cards. I'd love to hear your feedback, so let me know if you have any questions. Um, And on that note, next week is the season two finale of Rootlock Radio, and I will be answering listener questions, so please send them in. I'll talk to you then. Bye. Rootlock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It's written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. To support Rootlock Radio, please join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash rootlockradio. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio.